Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. And this morning, I am joined from the University of Minnesota, Mary Myers, answering those questions today. Mary, good morning to you. Good morning, Denny. Wonderful to hear your voice and great to talk about gardening. Yes, and, and we, we're going to be, I know we and our listeners will be talking about this unusual weather we've been having. And I, uh, we were talking at home here last night about, you know, the, the, these warmer, these record breaking temperatures. And I'm thinking there's, you know, this other, this shoe is going to drop or there's going to be a payoff. Uh, at the other end, especially if we don't get any moisture, uh, in fact, we're already getting a couple of questions about trees. I'm thinking we're going to our trees are going to be hurt this year. Our shrubs, our lawns. What do you think? 
Well, they could be. We certainly did have dry conditions going into the winter and then, yes, very, very little snowfall. The good news is the, um, I guess this is good news. I can hardly believe I'm saying this, but there's hardly any frost in the ground. Right. So that the moisture that we did have this past week went into the soil. So normally if the uh, ground was frozen, the rain would just run off, but it, it was able to go into the soil. So as a Amazing as that is for February in Minnesota, uh, if we do get some moisture, hopefully it will go into the soil instead of running off. Um, yes, it's it's a little early to say. Fortunately, I think most uh, trees are still pretty much holding their dormancy. And if we have more normal temperatures for a month or so, that will help things. But yes, if we cannot sustain 50 degrees uh, very much longer. And we, we've got a couple of uh, text messages, Mary, just summarizing. It's basically, it doesn't say exactly what type of evergreen pine trees these are, these are, but they're having, I don't know, stress looking, uh, dropping needles brown. Is this, and this is not the first week I've been seeing this. Uh, what's going on or what could be going on with these particular trees, do you think? I think that's a function of the dry conditions. And just as dry as it was uh, into the fall, it just did not rain. We had very little moisture, way, way behind what what we somewhere between five and ten inches behind in our normal moisture. So I think there's a lot of uh, the way plants compensate is they drop some of their foliage. And so with evergreens, because they've got their foliage on year round, they are likely to show more of the drought stress. Okay. Uh, if you'd like to get involved uh, in our lawn and garden uh, talk here, uh, just call us or text us, whichever is easier for you. If you want to call Mary or send Mary a text, one number to remember is 651-461-9226. Also remember, especially if you're a usual listener to the show, a regular listener, you know we tend to get really busy this hour, very, very, very busy hour. So uh, call or text now, uh, like we say, sooner. Uh, rather than later. All right, here's another text, Mary. Uh, my sunburst locust tree sends up unsightly shoots all over my yard. Can anything be done to prevent this? I've tried spraying each shoot with a product designed for this, but that's kind of expensive and imp- impractical. Yes, I wouldn't use any chemical control on that. Uh, That suckering from the roots is uh, normal with locust trees. Some plants just want to grow. You know, they're they're using any free opportunity they can. So they do have a lot of buds all along the root system uh, that will uh, put shoots up. I have this tree in my front yard. And yes, I do have to cut it off. Now, most of my yard underneath this tree is lawn. So if you have a lawnmower, obviously that's going to keep it uh, in balance. But 20, 30 feet away, those shoots will come up in my flower beds. And so I, I just cut those off. Uh, using a chemical control could weaken your whole tree because that chemical could be taken up into the roots and really uh, weaken the whole tree. So I wouldn't recommend that. Mary, I'm thinking of all the questions we've received about uh, this season and last season, for that matter, about uh, dormant seeding. Is there any chance... Uh, and maybe not because of the cold or overnight temps, of any of the, this grass seed, uh, lawn seed germinating? 
Uh, not yet. I don't think so. Uh, although we have these warmer air temperatures, the soil is a great buffer. And so the soil tends to hold a more consistent temperature. It's It's been freezing. The top of it, uh, you know, if you try to put a shovel in your soil here in central Minnesota, you could probably get a shovel in. Maybe not in some areas. It northern side might of your home might still be frozen, where the south side might not be. Uh, so as long as the soil is is um, 40 degrees, 30 degrees, etc., that seed is not going to germinate. It really needs conditions closer to 70 degrees to germinate. And so I, th- I think dormant seeding, uh, this year has been the most amazing year for yes. almost continuous dormant seeding. In fact, if callers are finding a bag of lawn seed in their garage that they did not get a chance to do it, uh, you probably could still do it now. Um, you want good seed soil contact, and then if you can use some type of a straw mulch or a, a mulch on top of it to keep the seed in place, that's a good idea. But I, I can't believe um, conditions have allowed us to dormant seed from November, December, January, February. You know, you could still do it. It really is amazing. In fact, I, I have some grass seed left over. I think uh, before the end of the week, I'll do that. Looking at the forecast, uh, Mary, uh, the overnight lows this week right through Friday are going to be about 25, 24, 25 degrees for overnight lows. So that, that, that may help. And maybe small chances of snow and or rain. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Let's grab a phone call this morning. Rita, I believe, calling in from uh, Woodbury this morning. Hi, Rita. What's your question for Mary? Hi, I kind of have a two-part question, and I don't know if you've addressed this at all, but I have, a, I believe, a choke cherry uh, tree, and I know this is the time of year to um, trim it uh, so it doesn't get cherry uh, tree, and I know this is the time of year to um, trim it uh, so it doesn't get disease and so forth, but I'm concerned about the warm weather you know, if because I did hear that there's a possibility that uh, they could be at risk for disease since we've had such warm weather. And then the other question is, if I if it is okay to trim it, um, how much is a safe amount to trim? Okay, Rita, I think, yes, you can go ahead and prune your chokecherry tree now. Uh, that is a native in the prunus family, and it's it's a wonderful plant, has uh, berries that uh, attract a lot of birds. We don't usually eat those seeds, but birds really love them. Um, as far as how much you can prune off of it, um, one-third is really a good rule of thumb in pruning, um, especially if, if you don't have another purpose in mind. Um, taking off one-third of it. Any branches that are dead, any branches that are rubbing against each other, um, any that are kind of growing on top of each other are good ones to prune out. So, yes, you can go ahead and do it, and this is a good time to do it. All right, very good. On that note, let's uh, take a quick break. Invite our listeners to join in on our Smart Garden Show. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we'd love to hear from you either by phone or by text. Call or text 651-461-9226. Our uh, Twin City temperature reading, uh, we're at 27 right now. We expect highs today near 36 and maybe near 39 tomorrow. Again, 27 here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO.
And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, our thanks to folks like Mary Meyer from the U of M answering those lawn and garden questions today for you, either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. bunch of texts just came in uh, just before the uh, break, Mary. Uh, here's one. It says, I'm seeing pussy willows for sale. Can these be grown successfully indoors? Grown indoors. Well, uh, they might root in water. Uh, Pussy willows, a part of the Salix or willow family. This is a native shrub. Um, I've actually been trying to grow pussy willows myself, and I wish more nurseries would sell them because they're very hard to find the plants uh, in the garden center. Um, but you can, uh, if they're um, in water, uh, they might root in water. Um, I've had better luck with them actually rooting in soil. If you have a rooting hormone, which you can actually uh, stimulate roots to grow uh, and plant them in soil, I think you'll have a better luck than in water. But you might get lucky and have them root in water. And, of course, that's what uh, pussy willows are for sale now at garden centers because of their uh, spring appearance. We should plant more pussy willows because they are one of the first things to flower and they're pollen food for bees early in the spring. Are they really? Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. Good question then. Uh, Tepster says, is the temperature too warm for winter milk jug seeding? And maybe before you answer that, could you explain for listeners who don't know, what, what is what is milk jug seeding? What is that oh, about? Oh, yes, milk jug seeding. My gosh, I was thinking about this this week. And first I thought, okay, I think I'm going to start a couple. And then I realized, well, wait a minute, I didn't save any milk jugs yet. So these gallon plastic containers that milk come in are wonderful for starting seeds. And um, you kind of cut them in half. Cut them in half and you sow seeds in the bottom and then you tape up the jug and then set it outside. So you put it outside, the hole in the top is open and you've watered the soil when you planted the seed. And then depending on the temperature outside, this seed will start to germinate. Now our cool season crops like uh, kale, lettuce, peas are what I sow in these. And it's a little early, I think, to do it now, but you could do it any time. It, it, they won't grow. Seeds won't start growing until it gets warm. But first you have to save your milk containers, and then you have to decide, oh, my gosh, have I got any seed? What, <laughs> what seed is left from last year? And then think about buying new seed. But it's certainly something uh, we can think about. On the Extension website, we have the seed starting guide. And in February, you can start leeks, onions, celery. And when, once we get into March, just a couple of weeks away, we can start broccoli, cabbage, lettuce, cauliflower. So, yes, uh, time to th- start thinking about sowing seeds. And as far as the milk jugs themselves, would you, you kind of make a slice. And do you make it kind of like a hinge, like the top? Uh, how, yes, it's how do like you do that? You take, you take almost three quarters or seven eighths uh, of it, uh, a slice. So, yes, you just have a hint. So, you, you uh, bend the whole top of it back. 
So, yeah, you just have a little corner that you leave attached. You bend the whole top of it back so you have the open bottom. So put your soil in there and your seeds in there, and then you put the hinge back down, put the top back down, and put, um, you know, masking tape around uh, it. So you tape it together and then set it outside. I did three or four of those uh, last year, and it's really fun. Once they start to germinate and grow uh yeah you have your first uh greens microgreens and you can then use those transplant those seedlings into your garden all right sounds like fun uh, i've yet to try it myself maybe this season uh another text says this mary we've trimmed evergreen limbs from the ground up a few feet will it be hard to get grassy to germinate in this soil come spring it really depends on how much light is in there under the evergreens. Uh, this is a challenge area. Uh, so people usually think lawn seed, but you could try lawn seed. You want to use the fine fescues that are more shade tolerant. If that doesn't work, I would really think about using some ground covers. Hosta often compete quite well under uh, trees, even under evergreens. But there are other uh, ground covers that you can plant, uh, vinca, some of the geraniums. There are uh, native geraniums and other perennial geraniums that do very well with uh, dry conditions like that and shade so if you don't have to walk under that tree or want uh, really want grass there think about uh, ground cover as well if you're just joining us mary meyer from the u of m is answering those lawn and garden questions for us uh, this morning at 651-461-9226 here's one i don't think we've had before mary texter says i shredded my 2023 medical statements can I put this fine shredded paper in my compost? Uh, just regular paper. Uh, yeah, I guess you could do that. I think I think that wouldn't be any problem. Sometimes we're concerned about the type of ink that's used on paper, but I don't think there is um, any heavy heavy metals anymore in most of our inks. So yeah, it's shredded up. It should be. Yeah, you've got to think about the proportion of what else you're putting into your compost. You know, 100%, 100% shredded paper is not going to do much out there. So you need to have some soil. You need to have some green organic matter, matter as well. That's a good point. Uh, another text says this, I need to build up a couple of spots in my yard, about four square feet. Can I add three or four inches of soil without removing the existing grass and then put grass seed on top of that? Yeah, this sounds like building a raised bed almost. You can do this. Uh, it won't hurt anything as long as you're not putting this on top of tree roots. You know, the trees have established their oxygen and moisture level. They've got their roots right up there on the top. If you cover up tree roots with three or four inches of soil and you do it a large area, you, you can kill a tree. But if there are no tree roots issues around and you just want to raise up the area and then plant seed on top of it, yes, I don't think you'll hurt anything there. Obviously, the grass is going to die that you uh, down in the bottom, but you're going to plant new grass. So. All right, very good. Yeah. A lot of, I can see a lot of people doing that, uh, maybe this week, in fact. <laughs> um, 
Rabbits or deer, this texture says, stripped some bark off my pear tree. I was planning on pruning it this winter, but wonder if this is still okay. Will it stress the tree? Uh, pruning, no, you can go ahead and prune the tree. Um, the, but, you know, what you're describing sounds like the tree might um, be really severely damaged. Uh, you might want to wait and see what's alive with this tree and then do the pruning. But if it's an older tree, a big older tree, pruning probably will not hurt it. The younger it is, the more likely uh, there's some damage. Um, and rabbits um, really love the fruit trees. So the a physical barrier, if you don't have a physical barrier and they come in and eat the the uh, bark off the tree that can be really devastating sometimes the trees will actually leaf out and start to grow and then they die because uh, there's just not that flow of water uh, flow of um, nutrients and uh, water from the roots but um, depending on the size you could prune a little now or you might want to wait and see what's alive very good Mary, let's take a break. Quick one for uh, weather. See what that forecast calls for this coming week. Uh, in the meantime, when we come back, too, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on at the Arboretum and answering more lawn and garden questions here on our Smart Garden Show. 27 degrees. We'll have a look at that forecast next. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to Mary Meyer from the U of M joining us today, answering your lawn and garden type of questions. And we have, as usual, Mary, a bunch of them. But before we get to them, uh, you know, you and I uh, and, and Mary and Teresa always like to, to mention the Arboretum, the Landscape Arboretum. Great place to visit, great place to bring family and friends uh, what's going on? I mean, we've had above normal temperatures, but uh, cold or warm, lots going on at the Arboretum. Yes, lots going on at the Arboretum, uh, Denny. This is the month for the flower show out at the Minnesota Landscape Arboretum. This is a wonderful, beautiful event. We could see lots of uh, beautiful flowers. It's inside, so everything looks great and wonderful. You can uh, eat at the cafe, look at some of the gallery, but certainly filled with flowers. There's lots of um, interesting information about the history of the Arboretum, some great photos along with beautiful flowers that you can see. So this uh, flower show is included with admission. Uh, members, uh, if you're a member of the Arboretum, you still need to get a ticket, but uh, it's uh, the, the flower show is free with admission into the Arboretum, so there's plenty of tickets available. There are teas, there are some other uh, events after hours with flowers, etc., some yoga. I think there's a yoga event tomorrow at the Arboretum. Wonderful to see that flower show indoors and think of think of spring, but still great to walk outside. The trails are open, uh, good conditions on uh, the three-mile walk around the Arboretum. So, yes, beautiful uh, area to walk in. And if you're planning on going, and I hope you do, you have to make reservations online, and it makes it so easy. 
Right. It's very easy, and uh, there are, uh, every half hour there are several hundred tickets available, so no problem in getting a ticket. Uh, just do that in advance, and then, yes. All right. Easy to do. Get to the Arbiters. Head west on uh, Highway 5 to 41, and uh, you're just about there. Texter says this, Mary, with the weather forecast over the next couple of weeks, would it be beneficial to hang a sap-catching bag on my maple tree today? Uh, yes. Uh, so sap has already started to be collected. The Arboretum has collected over a 1,000 gallons of sap already this year. Amazing. This is something we normally think happens in March but uh, really started in February this year. So this all depends on the temperature and the differential between the day and nighttime temperatures. So warm days, cold nights really helps the, the sap flow. Um, and maples, of course, have the highest percent sugar in their sap. Um, the Arboretum also taps birch and black walnuts, and the syrup is sold there at the Arboretum. So, yes, you can try it out now for your maple trees. All right. Can a We talk about bee lawns here on the show a lot. This texter says, can a bee lawn be started now with dormant overseeding on a sparse lawn? If not, when is a good time to seed a bee lawn without removing the existing lawn? Aha, without removing the yeah. existing lawn, yes. Well, that's kind of a challenge because in order for the seed to grow, you have to have contact with soil. And if there isn't exposed soil there, uh, it's going to be tough for any seed to germinate. Uh, the fine fescues that are recommended with a bee lawn, yes, you can dormant seed those. But the flowers that are in a bee lawn, creeping thyme and uh, clover, those germinate better in uh, June, in the springtime. So it's, it's kind of a mixed bag to do uh, both of those right now. Um, we have a lot of information on that, flowering lawns and bee lawns, up on the extension.umn.edu website, and you can read about the timing of that. We actually did demonstrations on how to start, uh, what the best way is to start seed, uh, bee lawn seeds. Uh, those demonstration plots are still out at the Arboretum. Uh, but we found that uh, either you had to uh, completely renovate your soil, get rid of what's there, or you had to to really mow down to almost the bare soil, take off most of what's there, and then uh, aerate it, and then seed into that. So you, you've got to do some work to get that soil exposed. All right. A labor of love. Okay. Right. Uh, let's grab a phone call. Maddie's calling in uh, this morning from uh, Coon Rapids, I believe. Maddie, good morning. What is your question for Mary? I have little white spots all over two points that is in a tomato plant that I brought in. And when I go close, the spots fly. They're like little white flies, and it looks like powder all over the red leaves of the poinsettias. Oh, Maddie, you have white flies. Yes, they are exactly like you describe, right? That is an insect that uh, yeah, likes certain plants, and when you have it in your house, it can be uh, kind of difficult to control. 
So I would say that insecticidal soap is the best thing you can try to spray this with. You can buy that um, at the garden centers and uh, you spray that on the foliage of your plants that have white flies, especially the underside of the leaf because the immature form doesn't fly, but it's sitting there tiny on the underside of the leaf. So spraying that with insecticidal soap, uh, follow the directions that are on the label. You'll probably have to do it two or three times at intervals of um, seven to 10 days to, to try to eliminate the white flies. You know, Mary, what well, we haven't mentioned this hour, and we always like to do that because there's so much information on the university website, extension.umn.edu. I know you, we don't have three days for you to explain what all is on there, but there's so much information on there, isn't there? Oh, uh, there's a lot of information because you can start with uh, what insect is this, what weed is this, uh, what's wrong with my plant, depending on, uh, as long as you know the kind of plant you have, you can determine what's wrong with my plant. You know, the first question we had was pine stress and uh, yellow foliage on pine. So if that's all you know, you can start looking at what could be the problem with your pines. And then it goes through uh, choices of questions and pictures you can look at to determine what's wrong with your your pines. The same way with this white fly issue, um, you could look up white flies on tomatoes, and then you could see a picture and see if that uh, looks like what you have. So extension.umn.edu, a great resource. It really is. Texter says, good morning, good morning. I've had my amaryllis out of a dark room for about three weeks now. I'm getting beautiful green leaves, but no blooms. Is there a chance it may not bloom this year, and should I fertilize it? Uh, yes, you can fertilize it. Uh, it takes six to eight weeks for, for an amaryllis to bloom. So it could be that it, uh, that it will still go ahead and bloom. If this is an amaryllis you saved from last year, and it isn't a brand new one, I think it, I think that uh, text started out by saying I brought it up or it started to grow. If it's one you had last year, it might not bloom because it might not have stored enough food to actually bloom. So it's a challenge. We try to do this to have them rebloom for us, but if you you need to put it outside, it's got to get a lot of light for two or three months in the summer to store enough food for it to bloom again. Okay. This listener, Mary, says, I have two reblooming lilac bushes, and I want to know when is the best time of the year to trim them. Uh, they bloom approximately three to four times throughout the spring to fall. Wow, this person is really lucky because uh, a lot of these uh, reblooming lilacs don't really bloom very much. They, they'll bloom in the spring, and then they'll have a few blooms here and there. So this is a challenge because normally we prune lilacs right after they bloom. Right after they bloom in the spring, if you prune them, then you're not going to cut off the blooms for next year. But the reblooming ones tend to form buds and they come out again and buds and they come out again. So it's it's hard to recommend pruning uh, on a reblooming lilac because you're always going to be cutting off some of the blooms. So I would still say after the first bloom in the spring, 
prune it then but I wouldn't do a lot of it because a lot of pruning because you'll cut off more of the flowers. This uh, next texture, Mary, has a vole problem uh, this in the winter. Uh, they would like to do some dormant uh, grass seeding this week, but do you think the voles, do they eat the seed? Yes, they might eat the seed. They are uh, vegetable eaters, so they eat plants and seed, and they, they like grass. They eat a lot of grass uh, roots and grass crowns. So we often see vole tunnels, um, right, on, on not moles, but voles actually make a tunnel, and you, you see the depression where moles push up the soil from underneath. Voles are kind of like mice as far as treatments. You see the depression where moles push up the soil from underneath. Voles are kind of like mice as far as treatments go, uh, traps, baits, and so on. The same thing you'd use for controlling mice. But the habitat, if you provide a habitat where they can hide in and lots of food, they really like that. So um, that that's kind of a challenge, putting down seed that um, that the voles might eat. Yeah, I should say. Yeah. Uh, oh, buffet. Okay. <laughs> uh, we need to take a break, Mary. Let's do that and uh, come back on the other side. We have some remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show, 651 461 9226 here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Yes, indeed. And you can use that very number for a phone call or a text message to Mary Meyer from the U of M answering those lawn and garden questions today here on our Smart Garden Show. And we still have a bunch, Mary. So let's see how many folks we can help before you take your leave today. Um, Hi, Mary. This one says, can I still prune maple and apple trees this month, or is it too uh, late with this odd weather this year? You can still do that. It's a good time to prune trees, apple trees, uh, yes, and um, maples. Now, we talked a little about the the sap running in maples, so you might see some sap come out um, after pruning. But if it stays cool, especially cold uh, during the daytime, you won't see the sap run. Uh, That doesn't really hurt the tree, but this is a good time of year to do pruning. Earlier in the show, just a while back, we talked about those milk jugs and, uh, you know, starting seed in those. This listener offered uh, this, that uh, he or she likes to winter sow in salad containers, too. Yes, that that can work um, as well. Yep, either one. You could could try it out. They're a little small. The salad containers are a little small. They might have a tendency to dry out, but it's worth a try. Yep. We had had an earlier question about uh, building up uh, the ground with three or four inches of soil. This listener says here's a kind of a follow-up to that. uh, This is where parts of some of their river birch roots are on top of the mulch surrounding the tree and the lawn outside of the mulched area. An arborist told me, a texture says, that they should be covered with soil. Does that make sense to you? No, it it doesn't. I mean, because they're they're not totally exposed. You could just see the tops, uh, the ridges of them. And some plants just like that better. I mean, there's more oxygen. Uh, there's more water. We've had such a, a, a lack of water. But uh, tree roots really 
are basically in the top foot or two of soil and they like it their conditions are better so covering it up covering the tree roots up with more soil uh, changes that oxygen availability and can really suffocate roots so you have to be really careful doing that an inch two inches at the very most but the best thing is don't do it at all okay this listener says this mary i am planting a pollinator's backyard but my apple tree needs to be treated with a fungicide is this okay the treatment is twice in the spring only so I imagine this fungicide is for apple scab, which is a, the fungal diseases, and um, that should not affect the pollinators. So if that's the only thing that's in the um, uh, treatment that you're doing and no insecticides, uh, that should be okay. Okay. Uh, another text just came in. The person who aerated my lawn also does slit seeding. Is that a good idea? That's uh, one question. It might be the only one. He also talked about using a more tolerant seed next to the street, which is a very common problem, probably because of the salt and the snowplow treatment and all of that. So uh, as far as aeration and uh, slit seeding, is that a good idea? Yes. Yes, that's a, gr- that's a great idea. A uh, few homeowners have access to either of those uh, equipment that will do that. But yes, they're both uh, very good. Aeration uh, puts the holes in the soil and uh, reduces compaction. And then slit seeding actually makes uh, a slit in the soil, puts a seed in there so it has good seed soil contact. And yes, uh, using different types of seed along where uh, gra- where uh, salt is prevalent, Kentucky bluegrass especially sensitive to uh, salt, so not using that near the uh, salt areas is a good idea. Okay. Uh, you've kind of addressed this a couple different times, but a listener may have joined us a little late. Good morning. This texture says, I have a crabapple tree that needs pruning, uh, trimming because it has tree suckers slash water sprouts all over it. Uh, with this crazy uh, weather, uh, can I still trim it? Yes, you can still trim it. And yes, we do see certain trees have a tendency to sucker and um, put out a lot of what are called water shoots or uh, shoots uh, near the base. Yes, you can prune those off now. Okay. Uh, This listener said, I just heard you mention the possibility of having syrup from black walnut trees. Can you also get some from white walnut and butternut trees? Um, You can. Uh, What it's going to taste like and how easy it is are uh, challenges, though, because the the sugar proportion is very low in anything other than the maples. So you, you need a lot more sap to boil that down to get to sugar. And then what it will taste like uh, might not be as desirable. I, uh, the black walnut syrup is very interesting to taste. It has more of a nutty taste to it and, and a, a hints of black walnut. Uh, I have not tasted uh, any other syrup. I haven't tasted the birch or anything that would be from the other nuts. You can try it, but you're going to need a huge amount. You know, it's 40 gallons of maple sap to get one gallon of syrup. And uh, so it's it's probably closer to 50 or 60 gallons of these other types of sap. 
That's a lot. <laughs> That's quite a ratio. Holy yeah. mackerel. Yeah. My goodness. People love it, though. Uh, this listener, do we have time? Yes, we do. Uh, this listener wants to know, could you explain the care for amaryllis? Yeah, so amaryllis uh, need a lot of light. And that when they're new, the bulb is wonderful. It's got a big bud in there, and they'll always bloom when you buy them brand new. But after they flower, to getting them to reflower, they need a lot of light and several months of good bright light conditions. So in the summertime, if you can put the bulbs outside, that's great. You can give them a dormant period. You can bring them inside uh, like October 1st or something and let them be dormant in a cool basement for October and November. And then December 1st, you start watering them again. And six to eight weeks later, they will flower if they've had enough light the previous summer. Okay. Uh, finally, a listener wants to know, does the University of Minnesota website you talk about, we talk about, uh, have uh, information about caring for lawns? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of it. We have the lawn calendar. Julie's done a great job with that, with, yes, what to do every month of the year with your lawn. Lots of great information. And, yes, yep, lots of information on turf at extension.umn.edu. And if you're looking for trees, uh, of course, heading to the Arboretum various times of the year is, is, you know, to see it in, you know, real life (laughs) at different times of the year is great. But if you you need, like, someone's looking for various trees, and I would suggest to them that they check out the U of M website, because that's another resource there, isn't it? Yes. There's lots of information on tree selection. So, so many of us have to uh, take down the ash trees um, and on our property, and you really have to think about replacement trees. So we want to have diversity. We want to have a large number of different trees in our landscape. So you, everyone should really kind of know how many different trees do I have on my property now, which ones are not there. I mean, the oaks, maples are wonderful. We had questions about the honey locust. That's a great tree. Pussy willows, those are great to plant. Choke cherry, that uh, call came in today. These are all great trees to plant. Yeah. I put a, um, oh, the elm. I put a St. Croix elm in on my property because it's resistant to Dutch elm and it's grown uh, really wonderfully in just a few years. That's so great. Replacement trees, great to think about. Do it yes. today. Or sometime soon. Mary, thank you. Uh, Always a pleasure. I know we'll talk soon, and uh, you have a good week, will you? You too, Denny. Great to hear your voice and talk about gardening. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Mary Meyer from the U of M. Now get those uh, deck questions or any other kind of a home improvement question you may have. Luke Panic, the deck and port specialist from Linda's Construction, coming up next hour. So lots of deck talk next hour here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.